everybody. This is B, And this is Leslie. And you're listening to Getting Shit-Faced, a podcast where two friends across the country from each other get together over drinks and talk about our favorite show, Shit's Creek. This week, we're recapping the season five episodes, The Roast, The Hike, and Life is a Cabaret. Leslie, how is quarantine? How is life? Not even quarantine. I am about six miles from the edge of a wildfire, so that's fun. Mm-hmm. And by fun, I mean not at all. You know, the sky looks like a bruise, and it's raining ash, so 2020. I've decided I can only control what is in this house. It's true. And so this house is doing well. We got a fake fire place. We got some candles. I don't know why I'm fixating on the burning things like <laughs> you, but... um. And uh, doing good. This week I'm doing a conference for work, which basically just means I sit in front of my computer like I'm watching TV. But hey, it's great. You get paid for it, so hey, why not? I know. It's actually been really interesting. Those are my wins. I'm not talking about the bad stuff because we could just be here forever. <laughs> I think that's fair. Do you want to take us into it? Yeah, let's do it. So this week... Johnny tries his hand at comedy for the annual Mayor's Roast, and later has a bit of a health scare. Ted reveals that he's been selected for a -a once-in-a-lifetime job opportunity in the Galapagos, and he and Alexis have to decide what that means for their future. Patrick takes David on a hike that doesn't turn out quite as romantic as he'd hoped. And after some extra rehearsals, it's finally the opening night of Cabaret, though the leading lady seems to have disappeared. Um, and speaking of leading ladies, uh, this week's drink is called the leading lady. So the leading lady combines fresh lime juice, vodka, simple syrup, ginger, uh, and then some sparkling apple peach, uh, Martinelli's sparkling apple peach. I didn't have that, but I did have apple wine and pumpkin apple cider. So I decided to make the leading lady a little spicier and more fall-like. And it's delicious. I support that. (laughs) Well, let us dive into these episodes. And we will start, of course, with the roast. Cabaret, it's coming along. It's happening. They're they're getting there. They've got some choreography that they've got to get down. There's some shenanigans happening, is what's (laughs) happening. Stevie and Patrick are being, I don't want to say devious, because <laughs> they kind of need it, but they're going behind Moira's back a little. Yeah. Moira's not super into the idea of other people helping out here, I think. <laughs> this is right. her show, and she kind of wants to have a little more control over it. And so she does have high expectations for them, clearly, and they're trying their best to meet them. And so that's why they're going and having these extra rehearsals, but... But you look at those, nobody looks at those two people and thinks, hmm, really good dancers. (laughs) Right. First you have Stevie, and she's just Stevie. (laughs) And then you have Tree Trunk Legs McGee. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly that was not made for dancing. But... They're, they're doing their best to, to live up to the expectations that she's right. got. And so that means that they have to get this extra outside help. Along the way, they rope poor David into being their, <laughs> their decoy. Yeah. Uh, even though he knows what happens when you cross Moira Rose, she takes you out in a little <laughs> Mr. Pa- pageant. <laughs> Can I say I love that whole 
thought of David <laughs> in the Little Mister pageant. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. just stop. Everybody stop. Please close your eyes. Picture the worst episode of Star Search. <laughs> <laughs> and that's David Rose. 100%. <laughs> that is it. You can open your eyes now. Oh, but he tries. It means he gets suckered into all these extra dinners with Moira, apparently. Which, in a way, is nice. It's nice for them to have a little bonded time. But clearly Moira is very caught up in the show and is having David take on all this extra emotional <laughs> cargo yeah. of having to deal with her wanting help with costume lineups and advertising and all these things that he didn't really sign up for. Yeah. Um, he's basically the emotional support assistant director. <laughs> uh, when he just wants to, you know, probably sit on the couch and hang out with his friends, but no, they gotta be good. <laughs> Can I say two things? Number one, I love the scene in the car with Moira <laughs> because of a few things. Number one, I love their dynamic always. Number two, I love that David was on his way home to get a check that he mistakenly thought was a bonus for him, but was actually the tax check for the government. <laughs> yes, that sounds very on brand. Uh-huh. I think he learned more about taxes after what happened before, but uh, <laughs> there's that. And then I love that Moira just drives away when they were going to the same place. <laughs> Classic roses. Yep, yep. Classic Moira, definitely. <laughs> And then I love the dance. The dance. The dance is so good. I love that we get an opportunity to see more than just what they can fit into the actual episode for mm -hmm. the cabaret performance. They give us a, you know, a bonus performance here by letting us see them kind of working out the kinks here. I also like that they're not, I like this about both episodes, but I like that they're not like, like a lot of shows they would be like, perfect, great. Like they're clearly amateur <laughs> dancers. Yeah, it's supposed to be community theater though, right. so they're they're operating at a believable level. They're out, they're they're pretty good, but they're also way out of breath. So, <laughs> right. as all of us would be. Yeah. And Moira is not as upset as they expected her to be. <laughs> she does want the show to be the best that it can be, though. So it it makes sense that she would see that this is a good thing in the end that they've mm -hmm. gotten this extra help, even yeah. if it didn't come from her. Also, new spinoff idea, The Life of Derek. <laughs> anyway, other stuff's happening in this episode. Elsewhere, yeah, we've got Ted and Alexis. Uh, Alexis is coming over for brunch, and Ted is trying to find a way to break it to her that he wants to take this job in the Galapagos, but he can't <laughs> quite get it out. <laughs> He's not very he's, good. He's taking the wrong angle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not going well for Ted. Yeah, like I, th I think he's he got the right idea in that he thinks Alexis plus Island is what's going to get her there. Mm -hmm. uh, but clearly they're just not quite on the same wavelength with that. No, because tortoises don't don't do it for Alexis. <laughs> so no, no. Um, she's she's thinking the the nicer island she spent a lot of time at. Yeah. Not not so much, you know, going to do research. <laughs> but I also think it's, like, clearly if he had just said, hey, I got this great opportunity for a job. Right. Like, that's what sells her. <laughs> right. Ted. 
Come on. The importance of straightforward communication. <laughs> hmm. But they might be going to the Galapagos Islands. Yeah, she's she's got to choose here what to do. And she, of course, goes and talks to Twyla about it, as Alexis is mm-hmm. want to do, and tries to figure out from there what the right call is. And Twyla, as usual, gives her some solid advice in that mm-hmm. Ted is sacrificing a lot for her here and has quite often. And what has Alexis really done for him? Yes. Ted gives and Alexis <laughs> takes. They have She's learned to take. <laughs> learned to take. Uh, but maybe they should try it the other way around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. She's learning. She's trying. Yeah, she's getting there. And she does make the right decision in the end. Mm-hmm. She thinks about it and she says, Okay, let's let's do this thing. I she chooses ultimately to support Ted's dream. And we will obviously see her do that again in season six, that she doesn't want to Mm -hmm. take Ted away from these fantastic opportunities for him. And so it's a lot of growth for her. Yeah. It's interesting how the difference, she chooses Ted's like dreams both times, but has different outcomes for her (laughs) both times. So can't wait to see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Johnny... (laughs) Uh, Johnny is having to take over for Moira at the annual mayor's roast. And this plot line is one that's sort of hard for me to watch because it's so awkward. Oh, it's so awkward. I can't. I actually, I did not to watch it for this podcast. I often (laughs) fast forward because of the awkwardness of this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's a rough one. My favorite part of that, though, is Eugene saying that it was really, like, the hardest thing he had to do on yeah. the show, trying to pretend to just be, not be funny. weird and not funny. Yeah. I don't think that comes easy to Eugene. Um, <laughs> the funny thing is a lot of people like that type of humor, and many people probably, it's not that it's bad. It's, like, my secondhand embarrassment level right, right. of handling things. Yeah. Um, I also <laughs> do have a question. Mm-hmm. Johnny has to fill in for Moira, but Moira was just eating dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Moira smartly got out of this. Somehow is what happened. <laughs> yeah. Moira said, I just don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah. No, she doesn't want to do it because she's so busy. She's just eating dinner with David. So she just finagled her way out of that. What was she going to do if David didn't go to, like, she's going to go just, like, take a nap. right but yeah so he goes to the roast it's just about as awkward as you would expect Mm -hmm. he does sort of get there in the end and then falls apart a little again Um, but he does an okay job and then comes back and is in the spirit of things and decides to roast the family too (laughs) and it goes about as well (laughs) (laughs) i do love that scene of them though (laughs) i do too um, and we learned some things about some roses. We do. <laughs> One of my favorite details <laughs> is that Alexis has a back tattoo that says, that's hot, in Cantonese. <laughs> that she got when she was 12. 12? <laughs> Dear Lord. Another thing that you're like, this is hilarious. You're like, no, wait, this is child endangerment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, what was she doing on her own in Hong Kong at 12? This is... Yeah terrible parenting doing good doing good those roses 
they're getting better. That's for sure. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that takes us to the hike, and we've got Moira still here, deep in cabaret prep, trying to mm-hmm. rope the kids into folding some programs for her, but they're both too busy for it. Uh huh. So now she's got to rope in Johnny and Stevie and Roland and <laughs> people who aren't smart enough to get out of it. <laughs> And it's kind of killing Johnny. <laughs> like, seems. literally killing Johnny. <laughs> Actually, potentially killing him. Roland is such a help in the scene. I don't know if what you think, but just a comfort. He's a comfort in these trying times. He's doing great. He's putting in a lot of work. I mean, he did let them borrow his truck, so I guess that is something. <laughs> uh-huh. And then he tells them a very comforting story of his mm-hmm. cousin, yeah, he, he tells us the story of his cousin having a heart attack and dying, which is not the most comforting news for no, Johnny and Moira and Stevie. <laughs> not at all. And uh, just keeps at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't quite know when to quit. <laughs> no. But they decide to, to go to the hospital and get it checked out. And it's a little bit of a realization moment for all of them, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stevie can't do this motel business without him. Moira can't live without him. Roland would have nobody to fuck around with. (laughs) That's what we find out. But um, I think it's interesting. Like, I didn't even really think about it till this time watching it of Stevie being so upset. Like, I mean, clearly we've always said Stevie's a rose, but like, she's also worried about like the motel and Mm -hmm. like she doesn't want to do the motel by herself. And I feel like that kind of ties into season six in a way that I didn't think about before. And that she might not actually want to do the motel, even with Johnny around. Right. Who's going to take it if he's dead? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of responsibility that she would be saddled with, and she we definitely see in this episode and the next that she's kind of questioning whether this is really where she belongs. Um, and so it it is really nice to see the like moments of them here though, kind of reassuring her and Yeah. It's not it's not as overt as like open mic or something like that mm-hmm. where, you know, they're really saying like we're sticking this out with you, but they're they see that she's upset and try to yeah, console her a bit and be like, Johnny's not going anywhere. No, he just needs to stop eating cinnamon rolls for breakfast, <laughs> which really don't we all need to stop doing that right now? Nope. Nope. Everybody eat your cinnamon rolls. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> do whatever makes you happy. <laughs> you do. You do. You. Except for Johnny, who needs to take his Zantac. Um... I also love that there's, you know, there's been this like really great character growth with Moira and being a parent, but she still doesn't know Alexis's phone number (laughs) (laughs) or that she should call her. I'm assuming she never calls her, too, because kids seem to be nowhere to be found. Yeah, no, David doesn't have reception, uh, but (laughs) Alexis never actually gets called. No, Alexis doesn't get called. She's too busy over doing trip prep with Ted, mm-hmm. uh, which apparently includes tarot readings, because why not? <laughs> why not? Shots and tarot. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Ted not really selling her on the right things here. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Nope. He should have known better to just hide the biodegradable shampoo right away. <laughs> 
but he and he and Twyla both are kind of kind of put a put a damper on things because <laughs> they've both got their own way of killing the excitement. <laughs> yeah, they're not selling her on it. It's like if you can't sell her on it, then you should tell her the reality of what's happening in a little less fluffy terms or not tell her she's going to die in a boat accident <laughs> right yeah seeing catamaran accidents and funerals in your terror reading not great <laughs> except i have a question about that mm-hmm. do you think that twyla actually saw david's wedding <laughs> because it was a party with people with everyone in dressed black. in black this is true and they were like underwater maybe <laughs> Maybe it was a wedding. A rained out wedding. Yes. Ma- yes. I didn't think about the water part of that. She was just foreseeing. She had David's reading, not Alexis's. <laughs> Anyways, Alexis is a little worried, both about the boating accidents and about her family. And her family. She's going to miss them. I know. What will David do without her? be fine but <laughs> that that realization on her part is so sweet mm-hmm. and I know. the way that ted handles it i think is so lovely it, he's like explaining it and supportive right. and telling her that it's okay and that it's normal and he's like reassuring and it's just yeah such a striking difference there between the kinds of people that she is dating now versus the kinds of people she dated before yeah this aspect of Alexis realizing that she will be homesick for her family, kind of with that, how both she but also more David reacts in the season six opener where he's feeling probably very similar things and instead just like is an asshole to her. <laughs> like they don't know, they don't know how these human emotions work and they need the other person in their relationship to kind of translate for them and i love that about them like this is um ted being the translator for them and then in the closing scene she comes back around to twyla to find out a little more about this prediction that twyla mm-hmm. has made um and we get this really lovely moment of twyla telling her that she actually after they left turned to the ten of cups and that means prosperity and that she sees really good things on the horizon for Alexis and the family. Mm-hmm. And I love that not just as reassurance to Alexis, but also at this point having Dan and Eugene having announced that the show mm-hmm. would end after season six. I love right. this as sort of that that moment to the audience of like, things are going to be fine. <laughs> right. Yeah. This is good things are coming your way. Yeah. Speaking of golden rings. I know. <laughs> I, I tried really hard to think to to make one of my favorite lines of the show. My favorite line. But mm-hmm. it's so dumb. <laughs> because it's just when he said, Patrick is taking me on a picnic. <laughs> but I can't do it. It's and entirely the in the delivery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but Patrick is taking David on a picnic and do your face like that. Yes. <laughs> and it's going to be we're all Alexis in this. Like, oh, isn't that cute? <laughs> At this point we're all Alexis cuz we're like he just knows you so well and then 
turns out Patrick is actually taking David on a hike, which... On a hike up a mountain. What did Patrick think was going to happen here? I mean, he he had to go into this knowing that David was not going to enjoy it, right? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Also, I worry about Patrick's risk assessment. <laughs> because I have been to Rattlesnake Point, obviously, because of the show. Uh, <laughs> that place, it's not like a strenuous hike like rugged but there are just tree branches and roots growing out of the ground and rock formations in the trail and the whole time I was walking there I was like David Rose would be dead (laughs) because then there's like a rock face that you like that's where people rock climb a lot of times Mm -hmm. so like it's like sheer rock face and so I don't know what Patrick was thinking (laughs) That David was going to come out alive in what was going to be surely not correct shoes for this trip. Right. Especially since he told him they were going on a picnic. On a picnic! (laughs) And therefore, he is wearing clothes that he thought were appropriate for a picnic, picnic. not a hike. (laughs) Luckily, he's wearing tennis shoes, but... (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. It's a wonder that David came out fine and then Patrick clearly is the one who can't make it down a path <laughs> yeah yeah and what what kind of hiking shoes is he wearing too that this tiny little branch goes right through them he is like i do like that they don't have him wear his mountaineering boots right right <laughs> he has switched to some nike hiking sneakers but still they're hiking sneakers i think nike would take offense <laughs> that a stick um so this is based on a real life story that happened to Dan Levy. Right. That he was walking the dog and a stick went through his shoe. But like, if I think about what Dan Levy's shoes look like versus Patrick Brewer's <laughs> shoes. But he's, he's not having a good day after that. No. He, he, he wants to turn around and go home. It's just, just not going his way. But David, David turns it around for them. He takes mm-hmm. care of Patrick and his foot, puts a little hand sanitizer on it to help keep him from getting gangrene. <laughs> David Rowe is ahead of his time. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and, and he just, he gets them back on track and says mm-hmm. they're going to finish this hike because that's what Patrick wants. And he apologizes right. for not being, you know, super supportive of it. Um, but and... that's what he does like he whines yeah. and but he does the thing like this yeah. is what he's gonna do what you want but he's gonna complain about it along the way right just get him up the mountains again like what did patrick expect was going to happen <laughs> yeah. when he surprised david with like i honestly think if he had told him in advance that it was a hike mm-hmm. david could have been more prepared and would have been less right. whiny. i'd be whiny on an unexpected hike too <laughs> i know and i like hiking but i also uh i like hiking where there's wi-fi so <laughs> when i like wearing the appropriate clothes right. and knowing what i'm getting into I'm sure David has some kind of really cool hiking boots that he's probably more angry he didn't get to wear than he's letting on. But well, he could have at least like worn pants, which would help yeah. if there's, you know, poison ivy or something. Like there are lots of other decisions to be made there. I like hope he had sunscreen on. Like, yeah, there's lots of things. Anyways, they make it up the mountain. They do, because David literally carries Patrick on his back. <laughs> This is what, whenever I still see this, I'm like, 
Patrick saying in his vows, like, I would climb a thousand mountains for you. And I'm like, uh, you didn't climb one mountain. <laughs> David carried you. But okay. Uh, no, they make it to the top and it's very beautiful up there. It is. It's a nice spot. You can see why Patrick wanted to bring him here. Mm-hmm. It's literally beautiful if you've ever been there. Um, I I just sat on a on a rock there one day. <laughs> um, but fun fact, there's like a road right below there. But whatever. <laughs> but they're just gonna like like and again like I feel like Patrick is so nervous he's like forgetting who he's with. Mm-hmm. Up until the actual proposal. Because he's like, let's just look at the view. (laughs) Like, David Rose would not eat the food. Obviously, it's that his plans have all Mm -hmm. gone awry today. And he's upset about it still. And He's a take-charge guy. He can't take charge of this. (laughs) And, yeah, and he thinks that, you know, this isn't the kind of beautiful... Mm-hmm. way that david would want to be proposed to at this point too i think that he mm-hmm. he thinks he's ruined it badly enough for david now that yeah. he, this isn't going to be the proposal that david wants so he tries to back out of it and david won't let him and he's gonna have to go through with it anyway and it turns out lovely once they get there <laughs> yeah yeah the emotional significance of why he's doing it on this mm-hmm. particular hike and just like the way that he sort of sneaks onto his knee while David's back is turned. Mm, it's some smooth moving there. It's all just so good. Oh. And the rings. Oh, the, the first rings. time you see the rings. Oh my god. You're like, oh like what a what a perfect decision. What a perfect decision. You know this person that well that that's what he's gonna want. And I lo- I love now knowing that they turn they are just engagement rings. Like mm-hmm. he knew that he would want to wear them, those rings, and have that significance. But it's not necessarily like the final ring. Yeah, which I think a lot of people thought would be. Um, but yeah, it's hard to say because you know four rings is a lot of rings anyway. So it's like, but he got he five <laughs> rings. He put five rings on it. <laughs> Patrick Brewer really, really into it. <laughs> yep. The last one didn't stick. So he's making sure people know this one is forever and I'm putting five rings on it. <laughs> Speaking of the last one, though, it always kills me that he says that this is the easiest decision of his life. Mm-hmm. Because then you think about the fact that he has presumably proposed to someone before. Right. I mean, it's possible Rachel proposed to him, but either way, he was engaged previously. He thought that he was going to marry someone. And we know obviously that he did not actually really right. want to marry Rachel. Um, but the fact that he's done this before and says that this time in particular is the easiest decision of his yeah. life, just ugh. just gross. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I love that scene. I will watch that scene like five times in a row. Yeah, yeah. And every time I'm David crying happy tears, just. <laughs> well, they're engaged. They're, they're engaged. engaged. And now we we get to see the morning after. They're having champagne in bed. Oh, like, that's one of my favorite Looking at their scenes. engagement pictures. How cute. Or trollish, depending on who you are. <laughs> I want to see those pictures. I know. You can see that they are actual pictures of them on the phone. They are actual pictures. Like, people always talk about, like, deleted scenes. 
and there have been deleted scenes that Dan has said he's never going to release, and I respect that, but I want that picture. (laughs) (laughs) We know you took them. (laughs) Do you really think you look like a troll, and that's why you won't let me see them? Let me see them. (laughs) But, um, it's just very sweet and so domestic of them (laughs) that morning. It is. It's very cute, and I love that you see the sort of like practical side of Patrick here and that it's just leftover champagne mm-hmm. and he wants to, you know, use it before it goes bad, but it is still romantic at the same time. Yeah. They're just all like cozy and David's on the wrong side of the bed. <laughs> but they're just it's just the morning. The more you know, they're gonna have lots of these mornings. <laughs> they are. This like, first morning of the rest of your life sort mm-hmm. of thing here. Ugh. Yeah. But Patrick's got to go because it's opening night for Cabaret, and mm-hmm. David's got to go back to the hotel and sort himself out there and try to hold on to <laughs> this big news <laughs> until after the show tonight. But, I mean, like, I love that he, like, doesn't want anybody to know, and he probably is really good at that, except he just can't hold it in for Stevie. And so sweet. It is. I love that scene of him telling her. I don't mm-hmm. I don't honestly know I don't know, maybe the wedding. But I was, I was trying to think, like, do we ever really see David smile bigger mm-hmm. than in this scene where he's telling Stevie? Because he's just so excited. Yeah. I think this is, like, the giddiest he is. Like, the yeah. wedding, he's probably the happiest, but he's, like, crying, you know, like, yeah. emotional. Yeah too with that is probably like the most giddy he's ever been yeah he's like giggly because yeah. he's just so so happy about it and stevie's happy for him and it's just such a sweet scene with it's the two so of them. sweet and i love the contrast of that with like all the other times he's come into this motel uh-huh. like from the beginning like these two people that have just become the best of friends and gone through shit together and getting to have this moment of celebration Mm-hmm. Then he has to go back to his room and find out that now Stevie's missing. <laughs> <laughs> Turns quick. <laughs> yeah, like how long after? Like it's basically the next scene, I think. It, right. Like, how long yeah. after do we think this is? Like an hour? Like what's happening? <laughs> Did she just run away as soon as he left? <laughs> well, she's like, damn it, I gotta get my towels. <laughs> um. There's a manhunt for her. Woman hunt, person hunt. They want to know where she is. And he just wants to keep it all quiet. And Moira suspects that he knows something more than he's letting on. <laughs> so he, he has to come clean. Couldn't he have just, like, not come clean? <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't he have just said nothing? <laughs> I think he just secretly wanted to say it. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but... Maybe not to Roland, though. <laughs> but no, he has to tell them. And I, honestly, I love that Roland is one of the first people to, like, really <laughs> congratulate him. He is actually excited for him. He for is, David. yeah. He and Jocelyn both are very excited for mm-hmm. him. Moira. Eh. She's got some other things on her mind at the moment. <laughs> She's not. Alexis. Kind of mad she didn't already know. <laughs> you know. It's not going so well for David. <laughs> I mean, it's probably about the level of reaction we expected, though. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes. 
did not expect this would go smoothly for him. And Never. honestly, based on this, no one should have expected that the wedding would go smoothly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> always going. Everything big is always going to be a little bit of a shit show. <laughs> just expect it in your life. Yeah, he just he has high expectations for what he wants out of this moment. We have, you know, the scene with Patrick where he's telling him the like way that he's thought about mm-hmm. it going down. And even if it doesn't go down that way, he obviously wants a chance to have a moment like Patrick right. had during the proposal to to sort of say what Patrick means to mm-hmm. him. Um, and even that is sort of hard to get out in, in the actual scene where he tries to do it. <laughs> and so, like, just David's big plans, yeah. not easy to, to carry through with, apparently. <laughs> I think, too, like, he wants to have this big moment in this place where these people have always rooted for him. And so, mm-hmm. and I think people always kind of discount David. Like, I feel like this happens in, in not- I guess real life because people are always like Patrick's so perfect and he's just so romantic but David's got it in him and he just wants that moment to be able to say that Mm -hmm. um you know he wants to call him the love of his life in front of all these people and (laughs) they're just thwarting him at every turn yes (laughs) just let him get it out I love that in the end, though, when he's doing it in that scene and trying mm-hmm. to say it, the reason that he can't get it out is that people are so excited for him. Right. Except for Ronnie. But it's sort of the opposite of what he gets from Moira and Alexis, where right. they're like, you know, they have other things on their minds about mm-hmm. it. But Jocelyn and Roland are genuinely excited. and That's why they can't let him get it out. Yeah. I like to think that later on, they called Clinton Marcy. He got to be all excited, got his little moment. Yeah. You gotta give it to somebody later on. But. Yeah, yeah. But excited, we've got we've got Johnny who is excited for him yes. when he finds out. Uh, David doesn't get to tell him either, but uh, he's so excited. I love Johnny in this episode. Is like just excited for everybody. <laughs> yeah, like or sad. They're like he's good dad Johnny Johnny Rose in this. Yeah, good dad, good husband. He's supportive of everyone. He doesn't want Alexis to leave. <laughs> kind of hanging on to her he's excited for david he's excited for moira and also stevie like he gets that little Mm -hmm. like i still think he calls her sweetheart but um it's just very he's just sweet dad yeah and then you've got moira who is finally seeing the the value that alexis Mm -hmm. brings to her work and asking her to do pr for the crows film even though she's leaving (laughs) the timing isn't great (laughs) um yes and you know she's asked some other people who would not do a pro bono but other (laughs) than that i like that this kind of is the like i remember watching this and being like oh is she going to go (laughs) right right this is definitely where you see those those competing Mm -hmm. sides of her world start to collide and she has to figure out what what her priority is going to be, mm-hmm. and there was definitely a lot of that in the in the hiatus between seasons. I think of people right. trying to decide what it is that she was going to go after. Would she stay? Would she go? Obviously, we know how it turned out now, but right. it's definitely a, a really interesting discussion. Mm-hmm. And I think it would have been interesting either way. Like, yeah, they were yeah. two interesting choices for the show. I mean, obviously, Annie was never going to leave the show, right? Um, but. And like this isn't an opportunity she's really had to to put herself first in this sort of way, uh, but she also hasn't really 
gone and actually you know supported someone Mm -hmm. else like she wants to support ted here so it is an interesting dilemma for her in that they're both sort of novel choices and yeah like you said neither of them would really be a wrong choice necessarily um so i think that makes it you know so much harder (laughs) like obviously Mm -hmm. if you can say well that's a bad choice i shouldn't do right then no easy enough (laughs) but so she sends ted off but only supposed to be for a week yes Sends him off with a little pun of her own. <laughs> She's very cute. It's very cute, but now I'm just like, bye forever, Ted. Oh. <laughs> I mean, technically he comes back, but... <laughs> See ya. He's going to do what he wants to do, so... Yeah. Good for him. <laughs> Good for him. And then there's a whole play that happens in this episode cabaret we gotta talk about cabaret i know and... i love how we've basically talked about an entire episode time like as we normally talk and yet we haven't even yet got to the literal play they did in this episode they did such a great job mm-hmm. in staging this and a like you said with the dancing before like making it look like believable community theater right but also showing that like everyone is doing a really good job mm-hmm. and capturing sort of the excitement and the the nerves and all of that that goes into a live performance mm-hmm. and like it's just it's a really good job all around both behind yeah. the scenes and in front of the camera yeah i mean they shot it on an actual state like they mm-hmm. shot a basically a live recording of a musical yeah. um and these two scenes and uh I think there's only two dancers in the first part that are actual real dancers, but they they had that they had all trained with, and so they did it. They did it. They they did the thing, and and we see the the results of the fact that they obviously rehearsed a whole lot behind the mm-hmm. scenes to make this happen. Um, and you know, Dan had to send <laughs> Noah and Emily for vitamin drips and things like uh-huh. that. Like... Noah had to learn not to wear jeans to uh, <laughs> dance, dance class. Rehearsal. Um. Yeah. They yeah they did a lot of work behind the scenes to make this happen, and it, it, the results are fantastic. Yeah, it's really good. I was listening in on an interview um with Sirius XM, and someone asked Dan, as usual, like, "What about deleted scenes? What about this?" And but they asked about the recordings of this because clearly mm-hmm. they shot this and recorded it. Right. And. The, this is the only time I'll ever say this, is he said, well, I'll try to get those. And I would love, they need to put those on Spotify. <laughs> because they recorded the whole uh, songs on each one. Right. Well, and you can tell they also recorded, um, there's another song that's playing in the background mm-hmm. while um, Moira's talking to Stevie in the dressing room. And so there's at least one more, you know, sort of secret performance there. <laughs> yeah. So Spotify, please. <laughs> yeah, it's just really good. I would watch that yeah. whole play. It's it's great. And I love how you can see sort of their characters in the way that they're performing it. Like Alexis in particular mm-hmm. is very Alexis in the way that oh, she yeah. does. You have to watch her closely. <laughs> it's, it's great. I love it. Mm-hmm. And then Stevie gets her big moment to shine by herself and she has this great talk with moira beforehand to sort of give her the confidence boost to go out there and do what she needs to do both in terms of the show and in terms of potentially leaving Mm -hmm. for greener pastures in season six getting out from behind the desk so 
And I love that Moira thinks Stevie is cool. That's such a sweet moment. It is. And that she's the only one in the whole time. I mean, I feel like that's a really big compliment for Moira. Yeah. If Moira thinks you're cool, like, you're set for life. <laughs> yeah. So it's very sweet. Then we end with a scream. Poor Moira. After, after being so pumped about the Crows film. And what it was going to mean for her Mm -hmm. and spending all her all season, you know, speaking little bits of Bosnian that she had picked up. And now she's had this big win tonight with directing the musical. And now it all comes crashing down. Mm -hmm. And into the closet she goes. I was so sad for her. And the fact that this, I I wouldn't necessarily call it a cliffhanger, but it's the closest really that Mm -hmm. we get to it in terms of any of the finales of this show. And it was definitely an interesting place to choose to leave things. Yeah. A little bit of a down note. Funnily enough, we're ending our recaps of the show on Moira going into the closet. We started (laughs) our recaps of the show with Moira coming out of the closet. We sure did. Meanwhile, Leslie is still... In her closet, recording this <laughs> <Correct>. podcast. <laughs> 40 episodes in. Every week. Favorite ep out of these three? <laughs> I mean, it's the hike. Of course it's the hike. <laughs> of course it's the hike. <laughs> but also, life is a cabaret right behind it. Yeah, yeah. It's a good episode. And for me, it's the hike because... It's not just the David and Patrick moment mm-hmm. of it all. That's obviously like a big part of it. But the scene, I think, in particular with Alexis and Twyla at the end really mm-hmm. puts it over the top yeah. for me with just that really sweet moment of like, your family's going to be okay and yeah, and you're, you're going to get everything you deserve and mm-hmm. all the happiness you deserve. So, yeah. What is your favorite line? <sighs> I had a hard time narrowing it down for this one. Oh, did you? Because I knew exactly what I wanted for this one. (laughs) (laughs) Funnily enough. (laughs) Ultimately, I went with a Roland line, which I think is an unexpected choice, perhaps. But I love in Life is a Cabaret when he's talking to the police or whoever it is on the phone. (laughs) And he says, dark hair, answers to the name Stevie, kind of looks like a vampire, a little skittish when approached. You know, I don't want to tell you how to do your job, but if you have a taser, you might want to use it. (laughs) He actually called animal control. So. <laughs> right, he might have. <laughs> I love the line I pick is because it's a running joke in the show. Uh-huh. <laughs> David says, good luck, honey. And Patrick says, it's break a leg. <laughs> <laughs> he never is going to get it. But I also just love his good luck, honey. <laughs> uh-huh. We need to talk about fashion. Do we? I'll keep this very brief, Leslie. Only 20 minutes. <laughs> There's a sweater that lives in infamy. <laughs> and it is the sweater that is in the hike. David walks up a mountain in literally a shag rug carpet. <laughs> also, I've seen it been called Goth Big Bird. <laughs> it's truly the ugliest sweater I've ever seen in my life, and I can't stand it. I want to burn it. <laughs> If it had been in the consignment sale, I would have paid any amount of money to buy it and set it on fire. You're a monster. (laughs) Other people feel the same way. In fact, someone told me we couldn't set it on fire because it would just melt into one big piece of plastic. (laughs) (laughs) And would be a hazard to our health. So 
It's ugly. I don't have that strong of feelings about this sweater. I mean, it's not my favorite by any stretch of the imagination. But I, honestly, for me, it's the fact that he pairs it with the shorts. And oh, yeah, the, the whole socks. outfit. <laughs> it's, it's that part of the look. I do love that his socks say dirt while he's on a hike. But the pants, no. It's a whole look. I also think that maybe it would have less... <laughs> less feelings about the sweater if I wasn't trying to watch this like beautiful lovely scene of just like love pouring out of people and that fucking ugly sweater is in my way (laughs) I mean it is definitely a different kind of choice when you think about like open mic and what they chose to have David Mm -hmm. wear there for Patrick's romantic gesture versus here sure I get that I mean were they trying to like not to give you a pun but throw you off the trail here <laughs> like I'm gonna put this re- like we're not gonna have any like secret uh meanings behind this sweater so you won't know what they're doing up that mountain and all i think the whole time is that's big bird's legs but in black <laughs> i hate it if he had worn it with jeans i think it would be fine no i hate it you know what i think there's two uses of that sweater that i would be okay with it would make a really great dog bed for my dog. Also, I think it could be a very attractive throw pillow if made into a pillow. <laughs> That's about it. I won't even say the name of the designer because the designer does not deserve that level of defamation. I feel like someone accidentally made this sweater and they got stuck with it. I mean, have you seen other Yoshi Yamamoto stuff? It definitely looks like this. <laughs> I know. Also, I always think, like, it wasn't in the consignment sale, so is this thing hanging out in Dan's closet somewhere? And can I go, like, I don't want to be creepy, but I want to break into your house and seal it and burn it. <laughs> it probably is in his closet somewhere, because he did say he kept all the sweaters from David's big moments, so I feel like this would be one you'd have to keep. I guess, but if you have it, can I have it and can I burn it? B's only goal in life. <laughs> yep. If they were like, you can have one thing from this show, what would it be? Well, no, I wouldn't pick this. But second thing I would pick would be the sweater and I would burn it in front of him. That's rude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mean. Okay, I'll stop. In better looks. <laughs> in much better looks. One of my favorite looks. <laughs> Yes, David's Givenchy, this black sweater that he's wearing with the white. I don't know that they're technically roses. They're some sort of flower um, mm-hmm. on on the chest. And yeah, it's one of my favorite looks. He wears it with the white jeans and impossible to find. I'm pretty sure that this mm-hmm. like is the only one, one of this in existence. <laughs> there's like a different version, but not this version. Yeah. They have, like, a button-up shirt with it, like, all over. But this particular sweater, yeah, is pretty much impossible to find. And it's one that I would definitely own if I could, because it is gorgeous. Yeah, it's so simple, and it, like, says so much. And I also feel like I like that David is so subdued. Like, this is one of the most, quote-unquote, normal looks Mm -hmm. David has. And I think that is purposeful for him to be, like, not putting eyes on him when it's these other people, people's yeah. turn to shine. Yeah, it's like literally everyone else's turn in the spotlight. <laughs> yes, this is my boyfriend is in the play mm-hmm. look. It makes you wonder what the my boyfriend on is on the baseball team look was. <laughs> yeah. I feel the exact opposite feelings for the sweater as I do for the <laughs> other one. 
and I would treasure it always. <laughs> I'm sorry I said I would burn your sweater, Dan. Are you, though? I mean, I'm sorry I said I'd burn it in front of him, but that's about it. <laughs> Cabaret, though. Cabaret? I love all these outfits. Yeah, I think they did a great job of going with something that would be appropriate for a community theater production mm-hmm. um, and is still in the spirit of the actual show. Right. Like, we definitely talked a lot, I think, before the episode aired of what in particular the MC was going to look like mm-hmm. because there are certainly lots of different takes on that. And was it going to be, you know, more Joel Gray or more like Alan Cumming? And oh, I, I like this sort of like middle ground that they mm-hmm. found for it, um, where it is a little bit of the like more risque sort of yeah. version that Alan Cumming is, but is still like tame enough that, you know, you're not going to scandalize people. He's PG, maybe he, he might be PG-13 Alan Cumming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I like how there's also little pieces of wardrobe that is real clothes people have worn um, on the show before. So you could tell they like brought, they're saying, you know, like saying they brought stuff in from real life. And I also love the decision, not necessarily clothes wise, but in terms of the makeup, they they choose to leave it on for the after party because Mm -hmm. that is a very like that's a realistic thing. Right. <laughs> You're not necessarily going to get all of the makeup off and you know, you might still have on some eyeliner or some eye makeup or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so I like that they, they made the choice to stick with that. And Stevie stayed on for another six months <laughs> till the next season. <laughs> no, they're also good. And I even love Moira's like, is she going to have to be uh-huh. Sally? Is she not like her? Yeah. Look? She's wearing one of her pajama vests without pajamas under it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> But yeah, and I love how she changes when she gets back yeah, into a full new look. But Yeah, a very Moira celebratory look, yeah. I think. Well, that's season five. Season five. Now you should stop right here and go listen to season six. <laughs> it's actually at the beginning of our podcast. And then come back and meet us here again. Yeah, next week we are going to talk a little bit about Best Wishes, Warmest Regards, which is the documentary uh, about the making of the show and season six in particular. Um, and we'll probably do some other fun things. and Best clothes ever type things. Yeah. Best lines ever. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll wrangle up some, some fun things to do here at the end because it is going to be our last episode. So you'll be crying over the documentary and we'll be crying over our last episode. Well, and the documentary. <laughs> I mean, I cry. I cry just thinking about that documentary. So that's nothing new for me. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, yeah. Episode 41, yeah. end of the line. <laughs> and if, if there's anything in particular that we haven't covered along the way that mm-hmm. you really want to try to hit or squeeze in here at the end, feel free to shoot us a message on Twitter or Instagram and let us know that there's something you want us to talk about. Yeah. But until next week, you should be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram. We're shitfacepod. Uh, there and if you want to find us personally you can find me on twitter at brandy and indy and you can find leslie at leslie the baker and be sure to subscribe 
so you don't miss that last episode. <laughs> and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts because it helps more people to find the pod. And until then, bye. Bye. Bye.